Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I think my battery's dead. With free battery testing and charging, we can help you get back on the road. So what if I need a new one? We have the right Duralast battery for you, only at AutoZone. And what about my old battery? We can recycle it right here at America's number one battery destination. Restrictions apply. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome back to the worst year ever. It truly does suck. I'm Katie Stoll. It does. You know, I'm Robert Evans, Katie. Yeah. Who else is here? Who else is us? I would also. Which of us is Cody? There is somebody here. It is is Cody. Yeah. Oh, Cody's here. Hello. Hello, Cody Johnston. Hello. Very cool. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. So, guys, I came across something on the internet this morning that made me angry. Um, Really? It is not political as much as it is just a thing I saw that made me angry on the internet. Do you want to talk about a thing that made me angry on the internet? Yes, please. Before we talk about the subject of this episode? Yeah. Oh, that's great. So it was someone on Twitter sharing an Instagram post, which is something people do when they've come across something on Instagram that made them angry, and they Mm -hmm. want to make other people angry, because that Mm -hmm. is one of the healthy things we do in our society. And I'm feeding into that loop. Um, by talking about it here now? Mm-hmm. By talking about it here and now, because things are good in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this this lady who was posting on uh, fucking Instagram about jobs for your kids or ways your kids can make money by hustling during the summer. Uh, and her idea was like a picture of her in like a kiddie pool with her like like eight-year-old daughter. And it was like, idea, Charge 10 kids $40 a week to spend two hours a day at your house. You know, that's $400 a week for your kid. And she repeatedly used the hashtag kidpreneur, which is her attempt to make like kid like entrepreneur, it. but like does nope. it wrong? Like that's not the way you would do that. Like kidpreneur even, like child, I, I don't know. You wouldn't do it that way. Kidpreneur wrong. is just nonsense. Kid I wrong. hate it. Um, it just makes me want to commit it's a series wrong. of crimes. Yes. Um, yeah, so that made me very angry, and I want to know that you guys are angry yeah. because yeah, so wait, I was made up. angry so she by wants, someone. Young entrepreneur, young entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But so your specific problem Inf- is with the term, the phrase. My, it's all of it actually. All of it. It's the so idea that like children should always be how... seeking a hustle. 
Yeah, on, it's $40 on dollars for kids to hang out two hours a day for a week. Yeah, she wants her kid to do this. She wants her kid it's, to be to to be trying to find a way to make money by getting kids to pay to hang out yeah. uh, during the summer. Because kids should be commodifying everything so, from an early age, but including kids. friendship. And what they're we're children. getting into yes, here small is children. eight-year-olds, um, a territory where yeah, she looked like she was less than ten. Yeah, the kids aren't paying for the the kiddie pool. The parents are. Let's be real, right? And so yeah. she wants the kid to run this insurance night liability yeah. nightmare. A racket. I, I think a, it's it's fair to call a it a racket. racket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an illegal daycare. She wants her child your child to run an illegal daycare yeah. business. Yeah, you need, you can go buy your own kiddie pool for twenty bucks. That's my. Response. I don't think kids should be encouraged to be entrepreneurs. But um, also, yes, we're know. overlooking they the very. They shouldn't be awesome... taught about money until they're eighteen. Yeah. Uh, the the young indoctrination into the the club of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's because one of those things. Like, obviously. Especially if you're poor, you can't stop your kids from knowing about and caring about money. Most of my early memories are of like extreme sure. economic anxiety. Um, but the idea that you would be teaching your kid to commodify aspects mm-hmm. of like to, to commodify friendship, it, it, like it's one yeah. thing to be like, as a kid, you're gonna have to know like, hey, if you want these, if you want to get like toys and shit, um, we're fucking broke. Um, so maybe you could find like I that's why I had to like mow lawns and stuff in order to have like some spending money. Well, it's like or le- it's, a it's, lemonade it's whatever. Stand that's just life, the, you know. A lemonade stereotype, like okay. Well, let's be but, real. Lemonade yeah. stands aren't bringing in enough money uh, for, for a hot sure. Yeah, that's not gonna bring in the bucks. But like the idea um, of like the like, things that you do as a child in your in a child's yeah. life, and be like, oh, you know what you should do. Make some money out of that. It's like, well, no, just, just be a kid. Yeah, don't you're just be the boss, money baby. On the table if you're not charging <laughs> your friends to be your friends, that's what I find unsettling. Like, especially since this is clearly if you're if you're using the hashtag kidpreneur, um, your kids don't have economic anxiety. I will be. Mm-hmm. I am certain about that. And so you're 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 just making them shitty people, actually. Um, or at least attempting to. Obviously, like this kid's young. My hope, I have the best of hope for them. So anyway, that was the thing that made me angry. There was also a thing that made me blissful this week, oh, and, oh. and I want to share that too to try to make things better. On the website, which I had not heard of before, Trashberg.com, there is an incredible article titled "Partisanship is Tearing Wikifeet Apart," <laughs> and it's an analysis <laughs> of the debates in Wikifeet about whether or not. Like Hillary Clinton and uh, members of the Trump administration have sexy feet, and like the principled stand, a lot of Wikipedia people are saying, like, I may hate Tommy Lauren, but this isn't about her politics. This is about rating how much I want to ejaculate while looking at her feet, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, I have, I have integrity. <laughs> so then there's like these conservatives <laughs> being like, look, I don't like Hillary Clinton, but I'm going to honestly rate her feet because that's what this site is about. I can't imagine she's got very great funny. Feet. I, I I have I have no interest in, also, in discussing that, but I love talking about this foot. community. I do too. Look, that's for the people at Wikifeet to decide. I've and got I am a Wikifeet glad that they page. can put partisanship by the weight. I'm certain you do, Katie. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. My dad was um, very disturbed when he realized Hillary Clinton yeah. probably gets like 17 <laughs> pedicures a week because she's so fucking rich. I doubt. Yeah, it. I mean, they all have all of the money. Um, it's amazing. The article's by Ashley Feinberg, and it's it's very fun. Um, and and was a bright spot getting up this morning after getting angry at the hashtag Kidpreneur, which <laughs> so which much makes for me sharing this online yeah. journey. I think that <gasps> anyway, that we really that, went with that's you there. Enough of Just an introduction. Up Hill, um, dear old Hill's feet. 
Mm-hmm. Not impressed. What? Who? Whose feet? The dear yeah. old Hillary Clinton. Oh, Hillary Clinton's Her. feet. Look, I, I'm not going to comment on anybody's feet. <laughs> that's for the that's for the professionals. That's for the professionals. Yeah, that's for the members. Wait, Katie, do you uh, know your feet rating? Not good. It's better than it should be, oh, though. God. Let me tell you, these feet are fucked. <laughs> I want to know if you're. I got Mama's bunions. They seem to never have seen a picture of Katie's my bunion. Katie's feet are higher rated than Hillary Clinton's feet. Yeah, but so. there's. Like five ratings. No, I don't know how many there are. It doesn't matter. I don't need you guys to shower me with hey, wiki feet ratings. You've I got just... the dub. You're 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 number one in my heart. Thank you, thank you. If you if I, okay, but now I'm taking a hard pivot. If I was really number one in your heart, you'd go give me a good rating on That's wiki. Right. I'm doing it Let's... right now. Let's talk about this week's show, Robert. I would really quickly, I have oh. to read this Hillary Clinton review of her. All right. I was expecting her feet to look much worse, but honestly, her feet doesn't look that bad. I am not a fan of her politics, but if I was stuck in Benghazi and the only way out was to massage her feet, I'll take ah! it. Ah! Ah! Wait, this is how we bridge the partisan divide. Oh, For real. See? That's that's we've had a lot of conversations about what it means to have integrity as a journalist. That post has everything about it in yep. there. That's what mm-hmm. it means, people. God. That's what that's it means. The, that's you our admit way. your our bias, way mm-hmm. but you try to look with a gimlet eye, a clear, unsparing view of reality. And I I applaud the hero at Wikifeed who wrote that comment. Strive for objectivism. <laughs> acknowledge that subjectivism exists. It's uh, Hugo mm-hmm. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Great job, Hugo. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to be honest, okay. I think Member the only school journalists need. <laughs> Sorry. Let's let's okay, shut right. down Columbia Journalism School and just have kids who want to be journalists we, read Wikifeed. That's going to mm-hmm. teach them all they need to know. Childrenists. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert, what are we talking about today on the show? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the increasingly violent and wildly undercovered uh, battle for unionization, particularly within uh, a couple of different, two different stories in, in Alabama of, of the Amazon workers and of a, a minor strike. Uh, and we're bringing on a friend of the pod, Kim Kelly, because she has spent a lot of time down there talking to members of both kind of striking groups. And she has a lot of nuanced information and people need to know more about it. Yeah, this is a great interview. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kim, for joining us. And uh, I hope you guys like it. Cody is holding up a block of ice to his face because his uh, <laughs> AC is broken. Cody, why don't you That's you true. should put that underneath your shirt or something like cool down that core. That right. Cody, you want to seems... get the ice block right in the taint. The taint is what yeah. holds all your heat. Um, shove I mean... it up your butt. There's a reason. Yeah, this has if you a can get it inside it. your rectum, that's really gonna work best. You mean again? You guys, guys. Yes. What? Introduce our guest. Welcome, Kim <laughs> Kelly, to the worst year ever. Kim, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you about all the things I've been obsessing over for the past several months. <laughs> yeah. So, as we were saying before we started, when we were explaining the show to you, we we try to cover the big stories and sometimes the stories that we think didn't get enough attention. Uh, and we're talking about a story that is both today. Uh, we're talking about unionization with Amazon and and the ongoing miner strike. Um, both of which are big stories and also stories that didn't get as much attention as they deserved, uh, particularly from us. So, uh, and you have been um, diving face first into both of these <laughs> tales uh, and swimming into the deep end, doing 
I don't know impressive swimming things, so my my analogy <laughs> is going to break apart at this point. But your coverage has been incredible. Um, so I was wondering if you could start by kind of giving us an overview of of that. Right. Okay. So yeah, those are two. Those are two different stories, but they're all happening in the same yes. area and around. They mm -hmm. kind of overlap too, which is how. So the way that I even found out about the minor strike, and the reason that I kind of got sucked into it is because I happened to be there. I happened to be there in Alabama in, um, well, okay. So yeah, Birmingham is where the union hall is based for uh, RWDSU, the union that was, that was behind the Amazon union drive. So I've been staying in Birmingham, but Bessemer is where the warehouse for Amazon was. And now the coal miner strike is happening in Brookwood. And these are all just like further and further out mm -hmm. into places where there's not any cell phone service and there's lots of trees. So it's like, just like where I grew up. So I felt right at home, but <laughs> I happened to be down there to hang out with some Amazon workers um, in April. And I had heard that there's this coal miner strike happening like 45 minutes outside town. I was like, oh, what's going on with that? And we just went out there, brought some Krispy Kremes out to the picket line one day and started talking to folks about what was happening. And I was like, yo, this is a huge deal. There's 1,100 people on strike right now in this rural community right outside of Birmingham. It's actually between Birmingham and Tuscaloosa, which are like the two big cities in the area. And there, you know, I just kind of got hooks because I started talking to people and forming relationships. And, you know, I grew up with a bunch of rednecks. So there was a lot mm. of sort of uh, mm. common ground I could find with some of the folks there. But um, yeah, it, it's turned into, I guess, a personal crusade in a way to get people to pay attention because it is such a big deal. And because I was there covering Amazon and that got so much attention mm -hmm. and they're so close, but so far. Yeah. I would love to, cause I, yes, you're right. I have heard about the Amazon unionization efforts, of course, that got a lot of attention, but this is the coal miner strike is not something that um, has been on my radar. Not really. I've heard it mentioned over the last week. So I would love uh, to perhaps we can start there um, and giving us a little bit of a background as to what's happening Right. So there are currently 1,100 unionized coal miners on strike at Warimac Coal in Brookwood, Alabama. They're members of the UMWA, United Mine Workers of America. They have been out since April 1st, and they're on an unfair labor practices strike, which basically means that the comp that their union is alleging that the company is not operating in good faith. They haven't been bargaining in good faith. Right. They've been working on a new contract. Their contract that they signed in 2016 is up now. And that contract really, really sucked. They knew it sucked. They were not happy about it. But the reason they signed it was because Warrior Matt Cole came in and kind of scooped up the company following a bankruptcy mm. that their prior owners, Walter Energy, 26 or 2015, they went belly up and they laid off like over a thousand people. This new company, which is backed by a bunch of venture capital funds and has some offices in New York, which mm -hmm. is funny. They, they came in, they're like, okay, we'll bring you guys back. And here's the contract you're going to sign. We're going to slash your pay by six bucks an hour. We're going to fuck with your overtime. We're going to take away all your vacation days. We're going to keep you from seeing your families. We're going to keep you under there 12 hours a day, six days a week. And you're going to like it because what else are you going to do? And now... I mean, nobody's very happy about that, but then they figured, okay, we're going to help this company get on its feet. It's going to build itself up. And then the profits that they see, that's going to translate into a better deal for us down the line. And now that time, you know, time's up. And they realize that the company has no intention of sharing that wealth mm -hmm. with them or of cutting them a break or even offering a decent deal. And so after months of stall negotiations, 
the union called a strike April 1st. On April 9th, the membership voted down a tentative agreement that the company and the union had had put together. They tried to negotiate and get something a little better. It still wasn't good enough. So the miners were like, fuck that. We're staying out. It's been, it's coming up on four months now. They've been out there. They've been picketing 24 hours a day. They've been dealing with just the most, it's like a mix of horrible dystopian shit. And then also really old school, nasty coal boss shit they've got they're being surveilled by drones the company hired a bunch of armed security to keep an eye on them Mm. it's been messing with them in the courts it's filing injunctions alleging violence on the picket lines to make to uh enforce a cap on the amount of people that are allowed out there you can only have about 10 people on those lines at once and these are you know we think of a picket line as like uh, a bunch of people walk around with signs and like have yelling and you know having a great time but that's not what it's like out here there's 12 entrances to these mines and some of them are out on these quiet back roads where there's no cell phone service and lots of terrible things can happen terrible things have already been happening there have been in the past week and a half there have been three different uh, vehicular attacks on the picket lines multiple miners have been sent to the hospital and they have they they're pretty sure they have proof that those cars, well, big ass trucks, are being driven by company men, by scabs, and by bosses. Mm-hmm. And this is such a small, close knit community that these folks know exactly who's working in those mines. This is not exactly, you know, it's targeted. Yeah, it's not a giant labor pool, right? Like they know who these people are. They've grown up with some of these people. So all of this is unfolding. All of this is happening. The community has rallied around them to do as much as they can to help keep their kids fed and their bills paid. There is a really robust uh, UMW auxiliary, uh, auxiliary effort going that has a strike pantry and is you know, doing fundraising and getting donations in. There has been support from the national you know, labor movement. Both rank and file members are donating. And then we've had some national leaders coming down to the rallies to pump people up. But there really hasn't been a ton of media coverage around it, which mm-hmm. I'm kind of single-handedly trying to force that to change. You're doing but, a good um, job. Uh, thank you. I'm trying, man. Like, and I think a lot of the reason for that is this isn't, it's not as much of an easy feel-good story as Amazon was. Mm-hmm. Because with the Amazon Union campaign, it was a predominantly Black workforce working in this horrible, like, futuristic uh, gig economy-esque sort of work environment going up against the richest guy in the world. Everyone knows Amazon. Most people hate Amazon. It was a very clear-cut case of David and Goliath, good versus evil, horrible yeah. rich man trying to crush these hardworking folks who are being abused, and they're trying to do something about it. And you know, it got a ton of coverage. But here, we have a lot of similarities. There's still rich people treating poor and working-class people like garbage, but the demographics are different. Like the political cultural implications are different. A lot of these guys are, well, most of them are guys. Most of them are white guys. And a lot of them are conservative rural Trump guys who are living out in rural Alabama, but they're also diehard for their union. So there's a little bit of a complication in that narrative, mm-hmm. right? Cause that's not something that you necessarily see in the same breath because unions are supposed to be like commie pinko shit or whatever in this country. <laughs> so they're kind of between a rock and a hard place. Cause they've been abandoned by, Republican politicians in the state government. Alabama's a right-to-work state. They don't like unions there. At least the people mm-hmm. in power don't like them. So we're not going to see the congressional delegations and like the Bernie tweets that the Amazon workers got. Mm-hmm. And we're also not getting a lot of mainstream media coverage because it's, there's less of a hook. And coal miners and coal mining isn't 
the most sympathetic industry, right? We're, de- we're you know, in the midst of a climate crisis, renewable energy and green energy are kind of the, those are the energy solutions people want to talk about. Coal miners and these extractive industries, people tend to look at them as either things of the past or things that we need to turn into things of the past without reckoning with the fact that, okay, yeah, but there's still about 44,000 people working in coal mines in this country. And a lot of them have families and they deserve to make a decent wage too, especially given the incredibly dangerous nature of this work. When I was down there, I met a young man named Dalton who's 22 years old. He always ever wanted to do is be a coal miner. A couple weeks into him working at Warrior Met Coal, he was underground and he was crushed between two pieces of heavy machinery. And now Dalton is oh. in a wheelchair and he's not going to walk again. Mm-hmm. And what what's going to happen to Dalton? You know, yeah. like these are the kind of personal stories that stick out to me as like both a reporter or whatever, and also just a human, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily like what someone's job is, like, don't they still deserve to be treated fairly and be able to pay their bills? You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. And that's, I, I feel like I've been giving you this sort of Shakespearean no, soliloquy. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what's happening in, in Brooklyn, Alabama. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. So one of the things I'm curious about is there's been such um, I've seen what seems to be like the start of uh, some really compelling reporting on 
some of the shit Amazon's done, RE, like putting up their own Dropbox or mm-hmm. like it, it seems like the it, it's one of those things where people are still trying to figure out like there's obviously a lot of like theories that have spread about what they were doing. But I don't think we have a, a like a, a comprehensive list of exactly all of the beha- shady behaviors they may have engaged in. But like because I haven't had time to vet everything I'm hearing about like shit they were doing with the Dropboxes and the vote. Oh, that's I'm real. Wondering, yeah. 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 I'm just wondering like what. What we what we know at this point, what we suspect, and like kind of what the avenues of investigation are to try to figure out the the exact dimensions of it. Right. Like I know, you know, so for anybody tuning in, like Robert's referring to this incredibly robust mm-hmm. union busting campaign Amazon ran against the workers at this Bessemer warehouse. And they again, they they really innovated in a way because they're Amazon, right? They love to innovate. Yeah. So they really took advantage. <laughs> No, they are very rich and pretty smart. And you really only mm-hmm. having even one of those in your favor, you're probably going to be able to get around the U.S. government. Yeah. So the things when I was down there, I spent a lot of time down there, actually. That's how I ended up in Alabama in the first place. I was covering this Amazon campaign. I was probably there for well over a month total over a couple of trips. But so Amazon was they're kind of pulling out every trick in the book. There's very standard union busty things that basically any kind of shitty boss will pull, whether it's, you know, posting up anti-union flyers or pulling aside workers to talk to them about the facts or, you know, holding these captive audience meetings, which Amazon, man, people were really upset about Amazon doing that because this is a workplace in which you have basically no time to yourself. You are tracked by an algorithm. Every second of your day is accounted for. And you're told, you know, we can't give you any extra time to go to the bathroom. We can't give you extra time for lunch. Like, sorry, if, it, you, if you're more than a minute late, you are going to get docked. Like, sorry, figure it out. But Amazon was running these captive audience meetings wherein they would pull in workers and have them in a classroom setting and just have them be lectured by anti-union consultants for hours. And this happened to thousands of people. Like, it, it was ridiculous. It's like, it was just very much showing like our time matters. Yours doesn't. And, you know, and does the, that that's legal that too? Not, yeah, so that that's my question because that sure seems like union busty behavior. Um, but I like, guess it's nothing is if you have enough that, money, right? Like, oh yeah, that's yeah. that's a classic case. But that's legal under our current labor laws because they're garbage. So you can do that. It's a, you shouldn't be able to do that. Or like Amazon, in their case, they have an app, the AZ app, that workers use to track their activities during the day and find out about their scheduling. And that means that Amazon has access to their workers 24-7. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. I'm sorry. A track, an app tracking you, tracking your steps, your movement, your productivity. It's so fucked up. Just interjecting with that. It really is. Yeah, I mean, this is a, that's becoming a more and more frequent thing, though, within that Mm -hmm. space. Like, there's a story that dropped recently that Walmart was going to start giving out free, I think there were Samsung phones to a bunch of their workers. And, (laughs) uh, of course, the reason they were doing it is because there's an app for them that will track all of their shit. Like, they don't, there's no end to the degree they want to do that. Um, It's And with with Amazon, there's two, I wanted to say they just came to mind. There's these two examples of the ways that Amazon flexes its power and influence with the government that I think were really interesting and really stuck out about this campaign, local government and federal government. So something that actually, it was my scoop, but I think the Verge reported on it, but I found out that, and we confirmed later that this was, this was accurate, that, um, the, that Amazon had convinced the County to change the traffic lights in front of their facility. 
Yeah. Okay. So, and the reason they did that was because union organizers were not allowed on the property. So there was this little little concrete block at this intersection where organizers would stand with signs and try to talk to folks and hand out literature as they were coming and going. And they re- they noticed pretty soon after they showed up that the traffic patterns were changing and they they sped up the traffic lights so that the greens would come much quicker so people wouldn't have time to talk to folks. I know I know one organizer who he showed me photos, he almost got hit by a car because it was such a jarring change. Wow. And that was something that they could just do. You could just do that. And in addition to that, the mailbox that Robert mentioned earlier, that is kind of the biggest thing that is probably going to lead to a rerun election is going to lead for the LRB to rule in the union's favor because Amazon set up this mailbox in front of their facility. And they were there in the midst of a mail-in election, which means it not, you know, wasn't in person. People were going to, they were sent their ballots and they mailed them in. And that's how it worked. It was a secret ballot. It was a pandemic. It made sense. But they set up this mailbox in front of their facility with security cameras on it, of course, and encouraged, awesome. vocally encouraged and checked in on workers to see, oh, did you drop off your, did you drop your ballot off? Did you drop your ballot off? Did you put it in the box yet? Uh, and the thing is that they had asked the, uh, the NLRB, hey, can we do this? National Labor Relations Board. And the NLRB was like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and what did Amazon do? They it did that. that. And there's all these like, there's all the, no one's still, there's still a lot of questions about like how they're able to get away with that. Was like USPS in on it? Did they, like, what kind of flexes did they pull? Um, it was kind of wild. We, we went to the Bessemer post office and tried to talk to the postmaster, but then he called the cops on us. So it's still <laughs> kind of a question mark. And nobody knew throughout the course of that, no one knew who had the keys to the mailbox where the ballots for the union election were being placed. What? So it's, it's just real shady. The whole thing is real shady. And the mailbox is one of the biggest pieces of evidence in the ongoing, um, oh, what's the word? The union filed charges against uh, uh, the hearing, ongoing hearings. That's hearings. the battle hearings. Yeah, ongoing hearings. So that's, you know, it, after the loss got announced, it kind of made sense because of how much time and effort and resources Amazon poured into mm-hmm. trying to scare the shit out of their employees and say, oh, well, we might have to shut down the warehouse. You might lose your benefits. Like, are you sure you want to vote the union in? But it sounds like there's they're going to get another chance. Like, it sounds very likely that the union will want to rerun an election in the next year or so, if not sooner. So we'll see. I'm still stuck on the changing of the crosswalk. Isn't that creepy? That's That's just creepy. That's so unhinged. It's real blatant. It's just like, we can do whatever we want. Oh, they also have, um, they they have, so they have local police that monitor the, parking lot and monitor the warehouse <laughs> of course and but they're in official bessemer that they're in like bessemer police cars they're not like amazon police they're local police that are just pulling they're making like an extra 30 bucks an hour on overtime picking this up moonlighting yeah and of course that's caused issues too because like there's cops between you and your workplace and they're right mm. there and the, I, I talked to a young mm. man who was arrested and taken to jail because he was upset his id card wasn't working so he got thrown in jail because the cops are right there you know it's it's reasonable really reaction you know we all expect cops to react appropriately to the circumstances and situation this tracks um 
Going back to the coal miner's story, a couple of things are just popping up. In terms of, the, I'm just going to go to, you, you, there have been multiple incidents where people have driven through the crowd of protesters. Um, I and Yeah, like a lot of them. And a lot of them. Yeah. Can we talk a bit more about that? Have there been injuries? Is there going to be any course of action taken? Or is this another thing that's going to be swept under the rug? So I thought I, mean, I suppose one to the... of them was a manager, right? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Like one, one of the people. Yeah. One guy yeah. was a boss. And then there's some scabs. So the thing is, <laughs> the company is flying drones to surveil the picket lines. So the union's like, well, OK. And they have their own drones. So actually, one of the, the union drones captured footage of a truck driving directly into the into the lines, which is it's really awful to see. I mean, like. It's very violent, yeah. obviously. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. Yeah. I mean, I was in Charlottesville, so having that pop up while covering the story yeah. is just an extra twist of the knife, you know? Mm-hmm. The fact that no one's paying attention, right? But the the thing is, like, there's video of this out there. There's photos. I've I made a bunch of, uh, I've gotten close with a bunch of the miners' wives, so I'm in a bunch of really lit group chats, and I get sent all this <laughs> stuff. I actually spoke to the wife of one of the guys that got hurt the other day. Uh, he had to go to the hospital with um, a torn meniscus. Mm-hmm. I think it sounds gnarly. He was hit by a, a truck barreled into them and they jumped out of the way, but it hit a burn, like a real heavy burn barrel they used to you know, have fires out there because the mosquitoes because they're there all night. So a burn battle barrel just slammed into him and to go to the hospital. And I know that they've been filing police reports. I know that the union is preparing They, you know, they, you know, they're collecting evidence and they're going to try and do some stuff, but something that stuck out to me, which, of course, will not be a surprise is the fact that multiple people who were there have told me, you know, the cops are always around, but they didn't really seem to care. Uh huh. You know, like we call them, we ask them for help. We pointed out the like in one case, like, oh, we, we point out he went that away, you know, real go get him, coppers. <laughs> right, but, right. And the coppers and they were walked like, around in circles, scratching their head. They're just um, like, okay, okay, bet. Like they didn't, they didn't even bother. Like there's the thing is that some and this this is hearsay but a couple of folks on there told me that apparently at first the the local police like from the the town were patrolling the picket lines but apparently the company got upset that they're being too nice to the strikers and called in a favor and had the governor send in state troopers who would be meaner oh i i don't know how i would confirm that but it is i mean it makes sense yeah yeah, I mean, and whether or not state troopers are meaner than local depends on your location. But that, um, that com- I mean, that there's also like a long history of that, right? Like if you go back to the um, Blair Mountain, the local cops uh, were like the the like local cops were broadly supportive of a lot of the strike efforts going on. Whereas you would bring in like National Guard or something to actually crack down on shit. Right, cops um, have always been strike breakers, uh, yeah. but in these in these smaller communities, yeah. like. And this is this is I can't emphasize enough. Like this is a this is a small town. This is a small. Yeah. Everyone knows each other. So like the local cop is probably like your friend Jerry's uncle. Like it's there's not yeah, exactly. as much of a yeah. disconnect. But calling in outsiders that's who don't care about and mm-hmm. who don't care and are just there to make overtime and make their their company happy. Like and the company also hired its own private armed yeah. security that are always around for sure. So that's fun. Yeah, which I think is more the 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 future of these kind of, of of these kind of crackdowns especially as because like um i don't know it's easier to get shit like tro's against police but i don't like one of the things that's kind of unsettling to me and i, I guess this ties into what happened in minneapolis recently is 
the fact that the car ramming doesn't make the news anymore. Yep. Um, it doesn't yeah. even really make the national news when somebody kills a protester, mm-hmm. you know, or with a car. It hasn't happened to a striker yet, but it could. And I see all this speculation online, and this is, again, particularly about Minneapolis, who just had a protester killed in a car ramming, that it's like, you know, a manufacturing of consent sort of thing. And I think maybe even the darker possibility is just because we had it happen once in Charlottesville, it's no longer news to people. Mm -hmm. They just don't like, well, yeah, this is just a thing that happens. People get rammed with cars Mm -hmm. when they're trying to express basic rights. And why would I care about that? It happened. It's, It's the mass shooting effect, right? Where it's like, oh, there was another shooting. Well, it didn't happen near me. I don't know anyone involved. Like, I got to get back to my shit. Right. Um, yeah. the well, there's, there's also just, yeah, there's been such a push uh, yeah. from circles of like, they're blocking traffic. We should run them over. Like, it's not, yes, it's not, course, it's not yeah. just like ignoring it. It's like, yeah, pursuing it and promoting it and it's, saying like, yeah, like, yeah. fuck them. They're, they're in the, they're in the way. That's, that's what they asked yeah. for. Right. And there's all this legislation that's been introduced that makes it fine to do that. Like, (laughs) that's the, that's something that I think has gotten lost too. Like there's a, but like everyone was upset for five minutes. We heard about it and we forgot because the hellscape we inhabit, but there's all these laws Mm -hmm. on the books in multiple states where like, yeah, you can do that. Mm -hmm. Or there is either they've been passed or they're trying to pass them. And like, this is (laughs) getting people to pay attention to the South in a place like rural Alabama is hard enough without just like the fact that if this had happened in new york city or la or even chicago and there was a huge strike and multiple people have been hit by cars and there was drone footage showing it and it was all over twitter like people would pay attention but if they're not paying attention to this happening in alabama what else is going on that we're missing you know Mm -hmm. if it doesn't make it to twitter if, if like a nosy journalist doesn't you know catch interest in it like Right. Even happen if eleven if eleven hundred people go on strike and no one's there to hear it. Did it even happen? Yeah. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through together or not. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. 
mention something and have you confirm or clarify what I was reading? Um, also, not that it matters. People should be paid a living wage and have basic uh, human rights and, 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 you know, reasonable hours and demands, etc. But this isn't even. They're being paid way below what local other local mining companies are paid, correct? Like the yeah. standard for the area is much higher. Like there's literally no leg to stand on. You've got an investment capital hedge fund fuckers uh, that swooped in to put money cash into this business. Well, then pay the appropriate rate. I, I yeah, sorry. You can go right. <laughs> clarify. No, no that, that is accurate. There are three coal mines in the area. One, I can't remember one of the names. One's Oak Grove and that's Warrior Met. And Warrior Met, they, they are paid the lowest to the point where one of the highest wages at Warrior Met for a typical worker is the same as the starting wage at one of the other companies. Mm. And you hear about a lot of people that work at Warrior Met leaving to go work at the other mines because they make more money. But, you know, there's only so many jobs. There's only so many options. Right. I mean, the fact that these guys, I was talking to one of the wives the other day and she was telling me how there's people that are just making 22 bucks an hour which, yeah, it's higher than 15 or the minimum wage, but these are people that are working 2,000 feet underground, 12 yeah. hours a day, six days a week in the, one of the deepest mines in North America, which is also full of methane gas and had an explosion. It's yeah. They, yeah. It's really, and, you know, coal mining is not an easy job, even if you have a reasonably safe mine, like black lung is on the rise. You know, it's, it's sort of this whole spread out community and, and profession that's sort of been forgotten by most people. And that makes it so much easier for bosses and people yeah. in the powerful employing classes to exploit them and to beat them up and treat them like trash. Because if no one else cares about coal miners, you know, no one's going to stand up for them and be like, well, yeah, their job is not, we would prefer they didn't have to do it, but since they do, maybe we could stand up for them too, you know? Yeah. It is interesting as like how you mentioned at the beginning, how a lot of these these people are Trump supporters, you know, coming from different background than I would assume all of us here talking about this today. <laughs> yeah, I <Not> mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not you. It, yeah. it, it's one of the. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like I think, you know, mainstream media, particularly right after 2016, tended to overemphasize the poor working class support that Trump gets. Mm -hmm, but like, mm -hmm. especially if you're looking at fucking 2016, I totally get being like, well, the fucking Democrats aren't doing anything to make right. my life easier or to help me like organize. A, like, yeah, like like mm -hmm. why not try something different? Like those are again, not the core of his base or the bulk of his base, but they're the people where I'm like, yeah, I mean, fuck, vote for anything. different. Well, right, because he um, wasn't also wasn't a Republican. It's like Democrats yeah. aren't helping. Republicans aren't helping. This guy might. He's. Allegedly yeah, a he doesn't ball. represent the establishment right. that does not pay attention um, I mean, and this is light, but right. And he uh, talked a lot about coal. Like I spoke yes. to, mm -hmm. I, there, there's a guy I spoke Our to. Our beautiful, was, beautiful, clean coal. Yeah. Which, <laughs> and it's so funny in that it actually isn't. It's just depressing is that all of these Republican politicians who love trotting out coal miners as props during election years and talking about coal mm. and shooting down clean energy legislation. None of them are coming out. Right. Tommy Tuberville ain't tweeting about these guys are sending pizza to the picket lines. You know, exactly. like they don't give a shit. I remember talking to one of the miners, this really lovely guy. I, I had a great conversation in the middle of it. He just 
volunteer like yeah i i was happy that trump got in and no not everybody agrees but I, that's how i feel and when he came in the coal prices went up and the bosses made a ton of money and i asked him you know well did you guys see any of that money he's like well well no ma'am like well perhaps that's a conversation well, for another day but yeah, <laughs> so yeah. i i yeah. guess i am curious it was kind of building to it is like do you see any shifting in ideology or not ideology that's even too strong but um a frustration with people in general or not just Democrats. Do you see any shifting or awareness, I guess, that Republicans are also failing them? I think people are surprised okay. that I think the, the inclination I'm getting from a lot of people is that they're kind of surprised that no one has showed up to talk to them. Mm -hmm. And I think they're really surprised and upset at the lack of media coverage. But yeah. to them, the media coverage that they want maybe necessarily isn't the nation or this yeah. kind of podcast. Like, where's Fox News? Honestly, fuck him to hell and yeah. back. But where's yeah. Tucker Carlson? If there if there wasn't a union mm -hmm. aspect to this, this would be catnip to his base. Yeah. A bunch of like blue collar, gritty, hardworking American white people standing up against the the elites like they love that shit but the fact that they're union and they're proudly union that fucks with the narrative that complicates it and that makes yeah. them, them radioactive for that strain yeah. of conservative ghoul like you can't be out here saying that unions are good and that's an interesting tension i've seen down there because like this is not uh <laughs> there are probably not that many people that voted for biden in that mm -hmm. whole in that area and if they were they probably wouldn't tell you about it because it's probably too much of a headache but even it was interesting being among union leadership and with like in the union hall and being in a place that i'm used to thinking of as kind of a baseline progressive baseline like they'll probably even nominally support whatever garbage democrats around but that's not really the case because why would they you know right. the the political landscape just, and this is just going off my conversations, interactions with people. It seems like tons of people are conservative, but they're not, you know, worried about the trade deficit or whatever. They don't care about what politicians are doing. They care about, you know, their values. Of a lot of people are very religious, very Christian. A lot of people have guns. A lot of people care about the Bible. There's a lot of things in that realm of conservative thought that appeal to that that area because, like, that's what you grew up in. There's you're not going to come across mm -hmm. much else, like. That's just, that's how it is. But I don't think they're really, I mean, one, one of my wives does send me Sean Hannity videos, but besides <laughs> that, I don't know how much this weird culture war stuff is matters. It seems like a really good opportunity for Democrats to do the opposite right now and Biden in general specifically to come in and make this an issue and talk about it, bring light. No, I don't you know what if, I mean? I don't oh, know. Maybe that's misguided. To talk to but. Him. <laughs> They might not want to I talk think... to him, but if somebody came in and was saying this is a problem and we need to t protect our workers and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't know. There is an opportunity, I, mean, I think, for politicians to if you craft the message and convey it in a way that makes sense and doesn't come off fake or is like right. know, liberal sloganeering like there's because there is so much potential like when you're speaking with people like they may. <laughs> A lot of people there might like hate socialism or whatever, but they're hating socialism in the middle of their strike yeah. as part of their labor union when they're going to their rallies and picking up their strike checks and their free groceries. But mm -hmm. they hate socialism. Like, mm -hmm. is it a branding There's issue? A, there is <laughs> an mean, opportunity, well, I think. But go ahead, Robert. The problem is that it's all... And, and the reason, like, right, Tucker Carlson isn't going to dive into this, Fox News isn't going to dive into this, is because... Um, the right has built all of its present strength on culture war shit. That's why they're mm -hmm. never going to say anything about these minors being mistreated, but they're going to scream about critical race theory till the end of the day, because that's mm -hmm. what works for them. 
you yeah. you you or woke because you don't have to if, take if they were doing this yeah, locally then they would be mad yeah you get if people are angry and they're angry about these cultural issues that they've been convinced exist then all you need to do is continue to push that sore spot in their body that makes the anger come because they don't care if there are people a lot of folks will not think about their interests as much as think about voting against the thing that makes them angry that's how the gop works and that's intermittently how the democrats work um mm -hmm. because they do it too they're less good at it uh they do it less comprehensively but i think you know the reality is that there is an opportunity in the united states to pull a lot of people away from voting for these far right and in some cases quasi fascist politicians and policies if you were to focus on dealing with their needs and if you were to focus on the grievances they have that are legitimate um but it would require a political organization that did not function the way it is increasingly profitable to function because part of the reason why both the democrats and the republicans spend so much time pushing these anger button issues rather than policy issues is because the anger button issues bring in the donations and more importantly they go viral on the fucking news which is what brings in the donations and what gets people agitated and what keeps a politician in the news as opposed to actually trying to help people's material conditions which is hard and boring um okay. yeah anyway <laughs> No, that's true. I mean, this is a golden opportunity for whether well, there's an organization, a politician, I don't know, someone who wants to be to people to listen to them, to show up and be like, look, let's le let's maybe not talk about the Democrat, Republican stuff, whatever. Let's talk about what do you need? What are you fighting mm -hmm. for? What would help you? What would help your children? Because almost I think like 80 percent of the people that work in that mine are parents, you know, mm -hmm. yep. right now, the auxiliary is collecting donations for and school supplies for back to school. They're planning, they're already making plans for a Christmas toy drive because they're worried they're going to be out there that long. Like, wow. yeah, like they're, they're in it for the long haul. They're really determined, but they're yeah. really not getting any help from outside the movement. And it's a big labor it, movement, the, but there's only so much you can do. It's the kind of thing where, yeah, if there was a critical, a credible political organization who was able to go to these people and be like, hey, Look, I'm not going to compromise on trans rights. I'm not going to compromise on climate change, but I'm going to find a way to put an extra 20 grand into your pocket this year so that you and your kids struggle less. Um, I think that would, uh, even if it was just someone willing to actually commit to that fight, I think that's the kind of, that's the kind of, you know, political, uh, I don't know, leadership, whatever fucking term you want to use, that's necessary to pull this country back from the brink is, is coming to people and saying, like, not this thing that you hear in, increasingly, too, on, like, really frustrating chunks of the left where it's like, well, we need to sit down and talk with the fascists. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what you need to do. You not need to go them. sit down with these people who are not mm -hmm. fascists. They may like Tucker Carlson because he pushes their anger button. But at the end of the day, the fact that they're willing to organize and unionize and strike means that they have some things in common with you. And mm -hmm. you can sit them down and say, this is what I'm not willing to compromise on. This is what I'm willing to help you with. Um and the thing that is a continual lesson in political history, in the history of insurgencies, in the history of conflicts, both military and not, is if you help people's material conditions, they tend to be down with you, and they don't tend to care about much else. Um, anyway. Right, well, because it's so hard to survive in this country <laughs> as a normal working class yeah, yeah. person that like, a lot of people don't necessarily have time to worry about a lot of this shit. Yeah. And they, but yeah. in their downtime, maybe they watch the news to keep up with what's going on. That's when they get all the anger button mm -hmm. 
pushing stuff filtered in. Most of the time, they're just trying to survive. And if you make yeah. it easier for people to survive, they're going to be a lot more willing to listen to you if they're not exactly. starving and exhausted and terrified. Yeah, exactly. And on the, I keep thinking back to, um, I keep thinking back to trans rights in particular because I've been having some conversations with people that'll be along the lines of like, well, you know, because we've had we've had episodes on this show where we've talked about the need to talk to people on the other side, and I think it gets misinterpreted sometimes as like, oh, so we need to compromise with these people who want to put us in prison or who are pushing all these bills, and it's like, no, 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 that's not what's going on. And I, I I don't know if it was you, was it you who was talking to me about Wales, Kim? Um, Wales, like the part of the part of the, the place UK. Or the thing. Uh, Okay. Yeah, the place. So there was. I thinking no, based on her face. <laughs> is that is that there is a sh- among the older population in Wales? There's a shocking amount of support for the LGBT community because, oh, because of the minor like forty something because of the minor strike. There was a minor strike like forty something years ago, and these people were getting cracked down on by the local government and by the people in the surrounding areas. And they were starving and didn't were going to have to like give up their strike because they didn't have enough fucking funds to feed themselves. And you can't strike forever if you can't feed your family. And the local gay community put together donations and brought them like kept wow. them going and they were able to continue their strike. And as a result, people from that generation were like, well, you know, whatever I felt about it before, these are the people who kept me fed. Um, yeah, there's a great movie and, um, about it called Pride. It'll make you cry. Oh, all right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. It's so wonderful. yeah, check out fucking pride. That's that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about compromising with people who uh, want to do regressive things. I'm talking about meeting people where they are and helping exactly. them so that you can ac- actually build a better world and also make make m- make them less shitty about the things that maybe they haven't thought about enough because again, they're trying to survive uh, in a mining town. It's whatever. Like. Yeah, connecting on that human level, like not allowing any yeah. egregious bullshit to slide, but being like, look, like, sure, I, I think of myself, like I came down here there and I'm like this pierced up tattooed Yankee anarchist. I look like this. Well, the readers can't see me, but mm-hmm. I look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I show up and I clearly yeah, you have a very been... Kim Kelly look to you. <laughs> I, I stick out a little bit, you know, but I showed up and at first I was like, what is this creature appearing here? But being <laughs> it's so silly and so simple, but being nice to people and listening to them and showing respect goes a long way. Like even if you stick out a little bit and even if they say some stuff where you're like, okay, like things that aren't egregious, but you're like, well, I don't know about all that. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you don't need to push them that far right then, but you can bring it up later. Like it's such a, (laughs) it's so basic, but treating people who are different from you, like people really seems to work, Mm -hmm. you know, it's go figure. It's so basic. That we're all sound, humans like, and we all have a humanity that we can appeal to. Yeah. Again, that is not letting the bullshit or the egregious stuff slide. It's coming at it's coming at it me meeting people where they are right now. That's the thing. Not like a liberal kumbaya. Mm-hmm. You have to, I'm, I listen. I hear you. Like, no, just mm-hmm. shut up and be like, oh, so what's your deal? What's your life like? Oh, that yeah. reminds me of this. Like, and then yeah, you start you, to yeah. find the common ground. Then you start to exactly. find the things that we can agree on. Oh, like... You need you deserve a living wage. Right. And that's when How do like, we go about fixing that? Planting those yeah. sort of seeds like you were mm-hmm. saying that guy you talked to like, well, did you get any of that money? Right. No. Well, yeah, what does yeah. that mean? Follow <laughs> that thread. Yeah. yeah. 
I was just going to say, if you're listening and you're interested in supporting these folks, yes. there are a couple different ways to donate. Yes. They have a strike fund, which is you know what is paid out every two weeks to the workers. Right now, they get about 650 bucks every two weeks. Okay. Which is, you know, it, is, it goes a little farther in Brookwood than it does in Brooklyn, but still didn't go that far. Mm-mm. And there's also uh, donation links from the auxiliary. And they're the ones who have organized the strike pantry. And they're the ones who are going to Costco every week and buying up you know, macaroni and cheese and canned goods and making up grocery bags for the families and the kids. So if you want to support materially, those are ways you can do it. Awesome. Bless community aid. Um, thank you again so much for your time and tell our listeners where they can find you online and follow your work. Okay. I am uh, unfortunately very on Twitter. I am at Grim Kim <laughs> because I was a heavy metal reporter before I did any of this stuff. And right. I have a Patreon and I contribute to all sorts of places and yeah, just just follow me on Twitter. I'm sorry, but that's the best way to find me. No, no apologies. That's perfectly acceptable. That's what we all do. Yeah, it's embarrassing, but so is better life. or worse. Yeah. <laughs> no, we all have problems with Twitter. Yes, shame we're all miserable and online. Right. But it brought us together, yeah. so it's got to be oh, worth exactly. something. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you again, Kim. We'll we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. You guys are great. Thanks, Kim. Ah, well, that was a great episode. Um, uh, I I would I would go so far to say journalism that reaches the rarefied levels of the wiki feet guys. Close um, to wiki, very close, very close. <laughs> um, well, that's gonna do it for us here at the worst year ever. Um, and uh, uh, go. Um, I don't know. Support those fun GoFundMe's. Uh, I was going to say stalk Jeff Bezos with a drone, oh, but yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. less illegal. Um, you got to yeah, get a drone that can fly yeah. straight to space. Yeah. And be mm-hmm. honest about his feet. All right. Yeah, let us know. Give be us honest the about That's what we need to know. The people, I don't think, Je- let me see if Jeff Bezos has a wiki feet page. We're going to do some live journalism here. Journalism, I mean. Mm-hmm. I hate by typing I, in I, the I, words. I, Je- I, oh my I, God. I, yeah, yeah, there is. There's wiki no. feet men. No. First off, there's wiki feet men, which is very progressive. Very oh, proud yeah. of wiki feet. He's, he's and yes, Jeff Bezos has a wiki feet page. He has okay. two and a half stars. Yummy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's still the highest Oh my ranked. God. I, <laughs> yeah. I am all about this shit because right underneath the... I have to say, not nearly as many pictures of Jeff Bezos' naked feet. Well, mostly just him wearing sandals. Couple of naked feet yeah, pictures. Looks like mostly feet. when he's on vacations. Not as many as you'd expect. But underneath that is people who liked Jeff Bezos' feet also liked George Clooney. Yep. John Hamm. Oh! Abdullah Gul. <laughs> Jose Mourinho. And Luis Figo. Yeah. So there we go. There we go, people. I absolutely None of you. Thank you, Wiki None of them feet. have good judgment. Side note, I'm what? slightly Although, alarmed by this WikiFeed page because the the ad directly under Hillary Clinton is, do you trust Dr. Fauci with a, a picture of Fauci and Kamala Harris? Nice. Let's see if Dr. Fauci's feet are on WikiFeed. Oh, God, we could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not seeing results. One sec. I'm going to I'm gonna try just a, a broader Ooh. Google. He has to be on he here, right? He's so well, it depends no. on if he wears the open first toe shoes. result on my Google. The first result for Dr. Fauci wiki feet is Amber Slavin's feet. I don't even know who what? Amber Slavin is. This is a dead this end. Is nonsense. You have well, let's def- you, this is the first that. time I've been disappointed by foot fetishists on the internet. All right, guys, you have your marching orders for the next week. I we predict need the only to know where the Fauci foot photos are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Release Find the Fauci, the Fauci foot, foot photos. photos. Leak the Fauci foot Release photos. And Fauci's feet. 
Check us out online at Worst Year Pod yeah. on Instagram and Twitter, etc. Well, not etc. Those those are the But yeah, that's the, that's your homework for this week. Yeah. Okay, bye. You can also find my book at atrbook.com. <gasps> yes. It's yep. a novel. It's fun. You can find the audio version of it at After the Revolution wherever you find podcasts. So you can check that also... out. And track down Dr. Fauci's feet pics. Cody? Do both of those things. Also, very soon, use the WikiFeet dating app that they are developing. Shut <laughs> up. And it's uh, right here. It says it right here. Oh, They're developing yeah. it. It's oh, going God. well. It'll you know be what an I'm app it now. and a web page form. Two-hour episode just about WikiFeet. Let's do it. Okay. Let's commit we'll right now. I can't think of a single reason why not to do that. All right. Well, until then, guys. I tried. Yes. Daniel? Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.